Welcome to The Pen and the Yod. Rabbi Michael Siegel from Ad Shamit Synagogue in Chicago talks with author Jonathan Eig about this week's Torah portion of Beshalach, Choosing the Right Path. You know the joke about why the it took the Israelites 40 years to get to Egypt? No, I don't know why. Because Moses refused to ask for directions. <laughs> That's more of a, of, a, of, a, of a man joke than a Jew joke, I have to say. <laughs> I, I, I like that joke because, of course, it would never apply to me. But oh, uh, no. no, no, God forbid. But it takes a long time. And at the beginning of our portion, the portion of Beshalach, you have this very strange statement. Now, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them by the way of the land of the Philistines though it was nearer. For God said, the people may have a change of heart, and when they see war, they will want to return to Egypt. So God led the people around about by way of the wilderness at the Sea of Reeds. So God takes them the long way. And I think that's a very interesting issue. First of all, the whole question about whether or not God has enough confidence in the Israelites to go by the land of the Philistines, who might see them as a threat, even though they're passing through, they may be seen as a threat, and the Philistines might attack them, and God's afraid that people are going to kind of hightail it back to uh, to Egypt, and so God takes them the longer way. But I think it's a really interesting metaphor. Which way do you take in life? You know, Rashi, the great, the great commentator, says that God takes them the long way because God wants to teach the people perseverance. How do you go forward? Is there an easy way? Is there a shortcut? Is there something about going the long way because it's more effective, because we get more out of it, because we have to work to get there? That's interesting because you have to work to get through the Philistines too, right? Like to walk through the danger is is another kind of... Um difficulty. So we have two difficult paths here. And um, it's interesting to me that God doesn't really trust the um, the Israelites to have uh, the, the, the confidence in themselves to endure this or the confidence in themselves to fight. Going around seems passive, right? I think in some ways, but it's a harder way to go. And I think you could focus only on God's lack of confidence in the Israelites, but Rashi wants is looking for a deeper lesson. In Hebrew, the word for perseverance is hitalech. You recognize the word holech in there, that the word for walking in Hebrew. So hitalech is the reflexive form, and what it means is to force yourself to walk. Perseverance is when you don't think you can make, take another step and you find the strength and courage or the will to take that next step. And I think that's what the Israelites are being asked to do again and again and again. It's to take the longer way, even though it's harder, to get there. There aren't any shortcuts in life. There aren't any shortcuts on your mission. So you got to have to sort of gird your loins, as they say, or find the grit within and then go forward. Yeah, what I like about that and, and what you're saying is that, you know, walking is, is just such a great metaphor for struggle. You know, we, we think of marching, a struggle, a, a protest, um, and marching can also have military connotations. But, you know, in our recent history, the march has become a symbol of resistance, a symbol of perseverance, one small step at a time. Um, you know, 
uh, Martin Luther King's quote, I think I quote him every week, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't uh, walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, keep moving forward. And, you know, the essence of walking is that sense that, you know, it's it's just, it may seem like just one step, but, you know, you have to take those little steps to get anywhere. Well, I'm thinking about, I'm thinking about the power of those marches, especially in, with the nonviolence, which was so hard, and but how effective they were, how they caught the attention of a nation, how and how when people were watching the police unleash dogs or water cannons on these people, and the power of that and the perseverance of that made the statement to the American people that there's something wrong here. I can't look away anymore. I have to pay attention. So the power of the march, even though it's the hard way, not the easy way, made all the difference. Absolutely. And in part, it's because it's one step at a time and you have this mass of people doing it together. And I think that's true for what we're talking about here in the desert. These are people who are homeless, who are wandering, looking for the place that they belong. And, and yet they're willing to stick together. They're willing to take one step at a time. And in this case, as you said, they're they're willing to go around. They're willing to take the long way. And who knows how long? So that's an act of faith in and of itself. But I'm also thinking about those who advocated a shorter way. I remember the that whole story about the clergy that wrote to King when he was in that Birmingham jail and saying, let's be happy with the steps we've taken and let's slow down a little bit. It's getting too heated. You know, and, and King's response was pretty much was an angry response. This is the road. This is the difficulty of that road. And either you're in or you're not. That's right. And he was willing to uh, keep moving forward. And I think one of the things that I admire most about King and about the Israelites is that they don't they don't really know where they're going. They don't always have a plan. They would just throw themselves into it and feeling like if we're going forward, we're going somewhere. If we're going forward, we're not going back to where we came from. And that's enough for now. You're finishing this book on Dr. King. And it's interesting because this portion of Bashalak is going to be read on the weekend when this country commemorates Dr. King. So let me ask you a question. In studying Dr. King, as you have, as few others have in this world, how has it changed you? How has it impacted you? What have you learned? What surprises you about what you've learned about Dr. King? One of the big surprises really connects to what we're talking about right now. Um, you know, we think of him as being this great hero, this great brave man who always knew what he was doing. And he didn't always know what he was doing, but he had this core set of beliefs that he was willing to trust. And I'm struck so many times by the idea that he, you know, he shows up in places. Um, he shows up in Birmingham. He shows up in Selma. He shows up in Chicago with no real strategy. Um, it's funny. I just read this letter from the Ford Foundation where he's asking them for money to support the SCLC. And they say, what's your five-year plan? You know, like even Martin Luther King has to have a five-year plan, and he doesn't have one. He doesn't even have a one-year plan. He's just throwing his body into these things, literally, hmm. um, and saying, I just have to keep going. I just have to keep pushing. And as he says in his famous speech, I may not get there with you, but I'm going to keep pushing, right? I'm, I've, I've seen the promised land. He knows what he's fighting for. He just doesn't necessarily know how to get there. And that is faith, right? That is the ultimate act of faith, to just keep moving. So in a very real way, King was the Moses of his time. 
you know, it's interesting because he was called that very often. Um, you know, even when he was just starting out in Montgomery, uh, Jet Magazine put him on the cover and called him Alabama's Moses. And he never really tried to shun that. He he embraced it. And, you know, in many ways, he was following the path of Moses. In many ways, he's following uh, the path of Jesus. And he, no matter uh, how egotistical it may have seemed to embrace that because those were the beliefs that mattered to him. He quoted the Hebrew prophets over and over. Some of his most famous quotes came from the Hebrew prophets. And he wasn't afraid to, to, to take those comparisons because to, to I think to King, that's what inspired him. I think that this is such an important lesson for our day. Had the Israelites not taken the longer way, I'm not sure they would have ever made it to Sinai. I'm not sure that they would have ever made it to the promised land. I think they learned perseverance, and as a result, they persevered. And I think the same can be said for Dr. King. May his memory be for a blessing. Thanks, Jonathan. 